are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this Friday, December 18th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, director of scouting at TheDraftNetwork.com. And we're going to build ourselves a game plan to do what the Dolphins could not do in week one, which is defeat the New England Patriots in week 15. We also have some playoff scenarios to go through week 15 off to a much better start on that front for the Miami Dolphins than what the Dolphins experienced in week 14, in which just about everything that could break the wrong way for the Dolphins broke against Miami. So... That's the good news. We'll discuss that today on the show as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. It's the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. The Los Angeles Chargers did the Miami Dolphins a solid on Thursday night football, defeating the Las Vegas Raiders by a final score of 30-27 in overtime. This, of course, is relevant to the Dolphins because the Dolphins are one of a handful of teams jostling for just three playoff positions in the wild card in the AFC. And the Vegas Raiders, sitting entering last night's game at 7-6, appeared positioned and primed to try to make a late push. But this loss to the Chargers drops the Raiders to a game and a half behind the Miami Dolphins with just two games left to play for the Raiders, effectively eliminating them from the teams that could pass and challenge the Dolphins for a playoff spot. With the Raiders' loss and assuming that not everybody else is going to lose out and the Patriots win out and the Patriots are eligible to make the playoffs, uh... You're looking at four teams for three spots now. The Miami Dolphins, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, and the loser of the AFC South division race between the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. Expectation there is that the Tennessee Titans are going to win that division. So Colts, Browns, Dolphins, Ravens. Four teams in the thick of things. There are two AFC teams still mathematically eligible. They are the two teams that the Miami Dolphins play next. The New England Patriots, their playoff hopes are on life support. And with this loss to the Chargers, the Raiders' playoff hopes are on life support. The Dolphins can serve as the Grim Reaper for both teams in 2020 by beating both teams that would eliminate both from postseason contention. But there are scenarios that exist and are in reality and some simple scenarios that exist right now for the Miami Dolphins to walk out of Week 16, not this week, but walk out of next weekend with a playoff berth clinched with a game still to play against the Buffalo Bills. All of those scenarios require the Dolphins to win their next two football games against the Patriots and the Raiders. The good news, the Patriots, since playing the Dolphins in Week 1, they are 5-7 and seven in their last 12 football games. The Las Vegas Raiders started the season at 6-3. and three. They are now 7-7. Seven and seven. They are 1-4 in their last five football games. Uh, They are averaging over 30 points allowed per game this season, and they are falling apart at the seams. They do not have the same rushing prowess. Quarterback Derek Carr left last night's game early. He may miss the Dolphins game next weekend. 
So lots of things in Miami's favor when you look at the surface level of that matchup. So the Dolphins, to clinch a playoff berth, exiting Week 16 with a game in hand left to be played. There's three ways that you can get there. And each one of them involves each of the three teams remaining uh, jostling for the three playoff spots with Miami. The most simple one is the Baltimore Ravens. If the Dolphins win their next two games, and the Baltimore Ravens lose in Week 15 to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Dolphins will have clinched entering Week 17. A likely scenario? No. But it is a very simple three-game domino that needs to take place for the Dolphins to clinch playoff spot. The, ne- the most likely scenario involves the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts are at 9-4. and four. They are a game ahead of the Miami Dolphins in the standings. But if the Dolphins win their next two games and the Colts lose their next two football games, Miami would have a game lead with one game left to be played, and the Dolphins would have a tiebreaker. They would clinch a playoff berth. How is that? The Colts play the Texans and the Steelers in their next two football games. And you may forget, but the last time these two teams, the Texans and the Colts played, it was just two weeks ago, and Deshaun Watson fumbled on the two-yard line with a minute and 28 seconds left with the Texans down six. We are a fumble on the two away from Houston already beating the Colts once this season. Divisional rivalry game, you can kind of throw a lot of the logic out of the window. Houston was in position to defeat them last time they played. It's not impossible, especially because Houston does have an elite quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are kind of scratching and clawing, and they, they have to look over their shoulder to the Cleveland Browns, and they got to look over their shoulder in the standings to the Buffalo Bills. They're going to be motivated to play winning football, and that game is in Pittsburgh. Indianapolis is a cold-weather indoor team who has to go to Pittsburgh and play in Pittsburgh. Cold, blustery conditions. Phillip Rivers, guy that doesn't really have a lot of pop left in his arm. If those two dominoes fall alongside two Dolphins wins, the Dolphins have clinched going into Week 17. The least likely scenario, the Cleveland Browns, if they lose their next two football games as well and the Dolphins win their next two, the Dolphins will have clinched a playoff berth. Uh, The problem with that is the Cleveland Browns are playing the New York Giants and the New York Jets. Uh, But the Browns also play the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 17. So if the Dolphins can grab two wins and they can climb into position to tie the Cleveland Browns, They'll be positioned to claim a playoff berth in Week 17. But don't expect the Browns to lose to both the Giants and the Jets. They may lose one, but don't expect them to lose both. So that is those are the three scenarios for the Dolphins right now that exiting Week 16, they could have clinched a playoff berth. Shifting our focus instead of big picture view to very narrow scope point of view, how do you beat the New England Patriots. Well, the first thing you do is you get a little bit lucky with some of the injury availabilities uh, that are shaping up in a promising light for the Miami Dolphins. If Mike Gusecki plays in this football game, he is tough as nails. He is tough as hell. And regardless of whether or not he plays, respect to Mike Gusecki for being in the position in which 
He was listed as limited on the Dolphins' Thursday injury report. Perhaps this is some gamesmanship by Brian Flores and and kind of playing the game with who's available and who's not. But when we last saw Mike Isecki on Sunday against the Chiefs, it looked like it was more likely he would go on injured reserve and we would not see him for the rest of the season than it was he would be practicing on Thursday. And there he was practicing on Thursday. So they haven't, Brian Flores has been pretty coy about the whole thing. You know, it's too early to tell. We have to wait and see one day at a time. All these little idiosyncrasies with with Brian Flores being asked questions with competitive advantage (laughs) information included in them, he's not going to give you that. And he's not giving anything about Mike Gusecki. And because of that, it makes me feel as though there is a reasonable chance that Mike plays in the game. So offensively, Devontae Parker has been a limited participant in both days of practice with a hamstring. Mike Gusecki was out on Wednesday, limited participant on Thursday with a shoulder injury. Savan Ahmed, limited participant on both Wednesday and Thursday. Chance we get him back. Matt Breida, off the reserve COVID-19 list. Jakeem Grant, a limited participant in both Wednesday and Thursday practices. This is not a slam dunk, of course, right? Because you have players, Kyle Van Noy, who were limited participants in practice last week, who ended up not playing against the Chiefs. So just because they are limited participants, Eric Flowers is listed as a limited participant as well. Miami there's no guarantee that they're going to have everybody back on board. But at the very least, their injury report is trending towards having the best available players on the roster actually being available to them, which will be critical. Because you think about the New England Patriots, you think about the Patriots' roster, and as Mike DeBate mentioned yesterday on the Locked On Patriots crossover, uh, Even if they're getting players back, players like Julian Edelman, the expectation is not that he's going to be the Julian Edelman that Dolphins fans have experienced as a pain in the ass for the last however long Edelman's been with the Patriots. And no matter what happens, Isaiah Wynn, Yanni Kaju starting tackles on IR. Rex Burkhead on IR. Ryan Izzo on IR. Carl Davis is returning a defensive tackle for them. Shalik Calhoun making a run at coming back. Look at the opt-outs. Brandon Bolden, Marcus Cannon, Donta Hightower, Patrick Chung. Those guys aren't available. They're some of the best players on this roster, and they're not available. Jermaine Illuminor was non-participant in Thursday's practice with an injury. He's the backup left tackle. So you're on a backup right tackle, and you're on a backup left tackle, potentially looking at starting a third stringer if Illuminor is not able to dress and play in the game. I don't care how good your interior trio is. If your starting tackles are a pair of sixth-round rookies in Justin Heron and Michael Nwenyu, the Dolphins have to feel good about their chances. So that kind of gets into you know, the bounce of the ball with the Chargers beating the Raiders and Week 14 about everything that could have gone wrong for the Dolphins as far as the AFC playoff picture did go wrong. And of losing Kyle Van Noy and Elan and Roberts despite them being limited participants in practice, that's an unfortunate bounce of the ball as well. So the Dolphins need a little bit better fortunes in the tea leaves than what they got in week 14. And the good news is it can't be any worse than it was last week. And you're not facing a mountain in Kansas City this time around. You're facing a 6-7 and seven New England team who is 5-7 since they beat you the first week of the season and caught you with your pants around your ankles because 
You really, you know, it, there's a learning curve with your roster and what they're capable of each year. And I think that really busted the Dolphins in the first month of the season. That's how you start the year one and three. And then proceed to go what, seven and one over your next eight football games, seven and two over your next eight football games, nine football games. Not a math guy. So I think that's important. Um, we'll see, obviously, how today's injury report trends, and we'll see who's inactive on game day. But uh, keep your fingers crossed, Dolphins fans, because even if some of these guys aren't 100%, but if their presence is there, if the presence of Mike Gusecki is there, if the presence of Devontae Parker is there, the Patriots' entire model, and it's a lot of you see the, the Dolphins have taken this ideology and applied it at times uh, in Miami under Brian Flores, they're going to take away your premier options, and they're going to make your secondary options beat you. So if Gasecki and Parker are available, and it becomes, okay, Lynn Bowden's going to have to step up, and Matt Burita is going to have to break off some big runs and you know, win in the passing game, and Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheen is kind of the complementary options. You know, Can they get some chunk plays when the Dolphins go into 12? If that's on the table, then great. But if your best players, your best threats aren't available and your secondary options become the featured options that they take away, now you're relying on Mac Hollins and Malcolm Perry. And I think Mac Hollins, perfectly rosterable NFL receiver when you take into account his special teams value. Mac Hollins, he's big, he's physical, he's had some nice work, but you could tell, you know, his strength coming out of North Carolina was running vertical routes. Miami does not run a lot of vertical routes. And therefore... He's not overly crisp or dynamic at the top of his breaks, and defenders are able to click and close and drive on those routes that are breaking into the middle of the field, and the, the separation's not great. And you know, perhaps that was one of the reasons why against Cincinnati we had a wide open slant to to Hollins in the red zone and Tua passed it over to go to Devontae Parker. Speaking of, well, you guys saw Ben Volan, former Dolphins beat guys in New England now. You need all this energy about how the Patriots were going to draft Tua Tungvaloa. Oh, are they going to be able to fit Tungvaloa on the back of that jersey? Is it just going to say Tua? Uh, writing stories about the, the connection between Belichick and Saban and how it was destiny. That, you know, the, the Patriots were going to ha- they, they had to go get Tua Tungvaloa and make it happen. And then, of course, the Dolphins draft him at five. And now we're sending out screenshots of the incomplete pass to Devontae Parker on third down in the red zone in which Jakeem Grant was underneath on the slant pattern. And, oh, two is talented, but he plays like a rookie and he makes mistakes. Correct me if I'm wrong. First of all, you don't know what the read progression is. And my anticipation, if you're going to scheme Devontae to run a corner route against a lesser corner and defensive back, as the slot receiver and have him run the corner, that's the primary read on the play. So identifying, I have my best receiver against a lesser corner, it's the first read on the progression, and he's open, I'm going to take the kill shot. I'm going to throw the ball into the end zone. And guess what? Devontae Parker dropped the ball. If Aaron Rodgers identifies that mismatch and throws it to Devontae Adams, it's a smart football play. If Tom Brady does it with Rob Gronkowski, it's a smart football play. Russell Wilson does it with Tyler Lockett. It's a smart football play. 
but because we're all up in our feelings that the Dolphins are suddenly 8-5 and five and the Patriots are 6-7 and seven with three games left to play, not going to make the playoffs. And Volan's been elitist about New England for forever, just insufferable. Tua does it, it's a rookie mistake because he doesn't throw a secondary progression throw to Jakeem Grant. Save it, please. Those kinds of route combinations, however, are the kind of route combinations that the Dolphins are going to need to be hitters uh, in this contest against the Patriots. New England, uh, they had a lot of, of, of robber, a lot of guys dropping off the line of scrimmage in the first matchup, and, and it mixed up Ryan Fitzpatrick on a number of times. This is, this is the kind of game that this is why you play. Ironically enough, this is why you play Tua Tungavello versus Ryan Fitzpatrick for a must-win divisional game with all the leverage in the world. Because Fitz in this game, yeah, he might, he might give you a Fitz magic game. But the odds are you're going to have two turnovers and three other turnover-worthy plays in this kind of game because that's exactly how it went against Seattle. That's exactly how it went against Buffalo. It's exactly how it went against New England. We can't be surprised. That's the book. So, Tua, turnovers, the Dolphins are in a much better place protecting the football with Tua. I believe that will continue. Now, the challenge is... How do you get him the open targets that he feels comfortable throwing and clear and obvious? Okay, well, we got to run rubs underneath. We, we got to be more deliberate with our slot receivers to have those be guys with size who are willing to press vertically up the field and allow a receiver to rub off underneath of that and let that inside receiver set a quote-unquote pick without it technically being a pick. It's a rub to get some movement and space available underneath. The RPOs continue to be a staple. Please. Offensively, that's the challenge. So if the Dolphins get Gasecki and Parker, and they do that, I think they, will, they can manufacture enough room to continue to dink and dunk and nickel and dime their way down the field and allow Tua to play smart football and not turn the ball over. Defensively, we talked about this earlier in the week, Sealer and Davis up front on the defensive line are big additions that can make a big difference in the run defense versus what we saw last time. In which Cam, you know, they, they, they ran a lot of option. I think the Dolphins will be very prepared for it this time around. They've got three quarters of a season's worth of tape to look at, to point to, and say, okay, here's the tendencies. They, they caught us by pulling different players last time around that, that, you know, our linebackers are keen guards, they're pulling tackles. Things, little things like that were the things that New England did that really helped them manufacture just enough space to make it work. Now, you got to have everybody healthy, so Kava and Noy's got to be back. I've got an eye on Bobby McCain, but I do think if there was ever a game that Bobby McCain was going to miss, this could be the game where it would be, it would not be crippling to the Dolphins to have Bobby McCain if he needed a week to get healthy. Because reminder, Cam Newton has thrown five touchdown passes and ten interceptions this year. Cam Newton, here's his passing totals in his last five football games. 118 yards on 17 attempts against the Ravens. 365 and a loss to the Texans on 40 attempts. 
9 of 18 for 84 yards against Arizona in a win. 12 of 19 for 69 yards in a 45 to nothing win over the Chargers. And 9 of 16 for 119 yards in a 21-point loss to the Rams. They're not throwing the ball. They're not going to put air in the ball. There's only been a handful of occasions where he's passed more than 30 times this season. And one of them was the miracle win against the Jets. The other two times were games that they lost because they were chasing the game from behind. They pretty much said, screw it, in the game against the Rams. We're we're losing the whole game. We're not even going to try and pass the ball anyway. We can't do it. So, with that in mind, understanding that their targets are Nikhil Harry, Demir Bird, Jacoby Myers... You get Julian Edelman back. The Dolphins should match up very well. The challenge is that because of that style of play, they're almost taking your advantage away from you. So Dolphins, front seven, I would expect to see a lot of that bare, mint front, three down linemen in the three interior gaps. Get Raekwon Davis isolated in one-on-ones against the center, David Andrews. And if if their Patriots are rolling out third-string tackles, then let's go. Then you should be able to beat those guys up on the edge with guys like Agba and Lawson and Van Noy and Van Ginkle. That should be a winning area for the Dolphins. And if that's the case, the Dolphins will win this football game. My prediction is the Dolphins do win this football game. My prediction is the final score of this game is going to be 24-17. to 17. Dolphins dub. Bringing it home. 9-5. Halfway to that 10-win barrier that we talked about at the beginning of the show today that has clinching scenarios for the Dolphins, and then we'll see where the chips fall. I, I do also think the Buffalo Bills will clinch the AFC East tomorrow night. They play the Denver Broncos. Uh, a Bills win, and it is in the bag for the Bills. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, because if you want the Dolphins to make the playoffs, running the table is the best way to do it, and the Bills having nothing to play for Week 17 is the best way to guarantee we'll run the table. So it's kind of a weird time. We, we, you know, we're okay with the Bills winning this week. I'm okay with the Houston Texans winning this week as far as the Colts scenario to really set up that two consecutive losses to Houston and Pittsburgh if Miami can do, take care of their own business and beat the Patriots and the Raiders. Exciting times ahead. So hit subscribe on the podcast. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Fins up. Talk to you guys on Monday.